What is up, horror movie fans? It is time for a new episode of the 3FN Horror Show, where we review nothing but horror films. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and I'm also a host of the 3FN Podcast. Joining me in the co-pilot's chair is one of my co-hosts over at the 3FN Podcast, but you also know him as the Gray Bearded Wizard. His name is Ron. What's happening? And uh, today on the show, the final show for 3FN as a whole, not just the final 3FN horror show, but the final 3FN show as a whole of the year 2022. And we're going to go out with a bang with a New Year's horror film. Of course, I'm talking about Terror Train. Are you ready to talk about some Terror oh, Train let's talk today? about some Terror Train. It's the first time I watched the movie, actually. Really? It was your yep. first viewing yes. of Terror Train? Yes, it was. Well, I can't wait to find out what you thought about it. Of course, up front, we are going to say that there is going to be spoilers during this uh, show. This movie is is from so long ago that <laughs> if, if we decided to tell you that, hey, why wouldn't we have spoilers? I don't know why. <laughs> like, why, why would you anticipate us to do a spoiler warning in a film, ladies and gentlemen, that came out in the year 1980? 1980. So just be warned, when we dive into the review, there will be spoilers. There's not going to be a and a spoiler alert for so I just want to get that out of the way up front. Now let's get the business side out of the way. If you would like to get a hold of us or find out any links to have to do with the 3FN podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. There you can find the links for all of our social medias. There you can find the link to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content that helps support the show and everything we do here. Of course, also, uh, when you go over there, you can find the links to friends of the show, like the ODPH podcast, the musical directory, where bands like Obscure Form, who does the theme song for the 3FN Horror Show, uh, Nefarious is the name of the song. Uh, you can find all the information for them and all the bands that support us by letting us use their music. Of course, support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, there's the local sponsors section. There are the people who allow us to do these shows commercial-free, including the number one sponsor for the 3FN Horror Show, and that, of course, is Sci-Fi Horror Fest, going down August 25th and 26th of 2023 in Vernon, New York, at the Vernon Downs Casino. Make sure you're following them over at SciFiHorrorFest.com for all announcements about celebrities going to be at the event, tickets, and more. SciFiHorrorFest.com. And once again, you can find all of those links at 3FNPodcast.com. Ron, last show of the year 2022. So let's get it kicked off with a bang, if bang. you will. Let's talk about the stats for Terror Train. Terror Train was originally released on October 3rd of 1980 with a runtime of 97 minutes. The synopsis of this film, and you know I like to go on and get a couple of them from IMDb, so let's read you the shortest one first. Three years after a prank went terribly awry, the six college students responsible are targeted by a mass killer at a New Year's Eve party aboard a moving train. I think that's the simple. That, that's, Sometimes, you know, it's Occam's Razor. Yeah, it's simple. It's very simple. Uh, this is a little longer. A college fraternity prank goes wrong and a student ends up in, in the mental asylum. Three years later, it's graduation time. And the members of the fraternity decide to have a costume party aboard a train trip to celebrate their graduation. Unknowingly to them, a killer has slipped aboard, killing them off one by one, disguised in the costumes of the victims. What? And last but not least, because we like to give you a trifecta so you can choose them. The college students, Doc, Michelle, 
in quotations, Mitchie, Mo, Alana, Edward, in quotations, Ed, and Jackson plot a prank for their college mate, Kenny Hampson. However, the joke goes wrong and Kenny ends up in a mental institution. Years later, Doc and Mo decide to celebrate their gradua- graduation with a costume party and a magician aboard of a train. In the embarkation platform, Ed is murdered by a killer that wears his costume of Groucho Marx. Then he kills Jackson and wears his costume of the Swamp Thing, which I don't think it was Swamp Thing. No, it was a lizard. It's like a lizard yeah. person. Maybe uh, Land Scar- of the Lost. Yeah, Scarlet. Scar- Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, then it says uh, the conductor Karn discovers his body, but who might be the mass killer? Gives out a little bit more. Gives out a little more. I think I'd go with the first one if I was just going to go oh, yeah, with like yeah. a basic synopsis. Yeah, and I, I think the only reason why the costume thing was a thing was because it came out in October. All right, let's uh, find out who made this movie. Of course, the movie was directed by Roger Spottiswood. Uh, Roger Spottiswood started off his career on a little movie called Shoot to Kill. He would also direct Turner and Hooch, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, Tomorrow Never Dies, and mm-hmm. the last thing he's been credited with so far was Either Side of Midnight in 2021, so he's still active to this nice. day. And there's a lot of stuff in between. We just yeah. try to get stuff in there so that you guys might know and have seen. So he's had a decent career. Nice. I mean, he's done a Bond film. Nah, it works for me. Also, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Great. Classic. He, he, he went through a, a Stallone phase. He did. Which is awesome. Uh, the screenplay was actually, there was two ghost writers on this, uncredited writers, if you will. Uh, so Daniel Grodnick and Judith Roscoe, uh, both of them, uh, Grodnick was mostly known as a producer. He produced a, a f- not nothing g- gigantically huge, but a few uh, things out there. And uh, Judith had a handful of small films that she had wrote. Uh, they both did the ghost writing, but the uh, screenplay does go to Ty, or T-Y, if you will, Drake. The uh, Keeper in 1976 was his first movie that he wrote a screenplay for. Then after that, there was some TV stuff, but nothing of, of any sorts. Very small, like I think like 10 maybe. Unfortunately, uh, T.Y. Drake uh, passed away from cancer on August 8th of 2008 at the age of 72. Not a lot in his uh, portfolio, but at least he got to make Terror Train, which is deemed for by a lot of horror fans as a great horror movie, especially for New Year's. Yeah. Cinematographer of this movie, however, is a legendary cinematographer, John Alcott. Uh, You might not remember the name, but you'll know his work. His first ever film that he was the director of photography for, ready for this, Ron? A Clockwork Orange in 1971. Wow. He would come back to work with Kubrick because he was the director of photography on The Shining. Oh, Jesus. So not only did he do Clockwork Orange, but The Shining, two of Kubrick's long-lasting like gigantic films. Yeah. Uh, he would also go on to do The Beastmaster. <laughs> and his final credit was for No Way Out in 1987. Uh, unfortunately, uh, John Alcott passed away of a heart attack on July 28th of 1986. So that was posthumous for No Way Out. Uh, age of 55. Ugh. So that's that's a little young in there. That's young. That's a, Too young to go. I got to say, though, I, I, I appreciate his work, man. Oh, yeah. Dude worked twice on two of fucking Kubrick's biggest films. Yeah, that's solid. And that's, did that's an amazing job. And Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Listen, Beastmaster. I enjoy Beastmaster. <laughs> I know that when we eventually review Beastmaster, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. it might take a beating, but I, I do enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> You want to talk about these fucking actors, Ron? Yeah, let's talk about these actors. Uh, we got stars of this movie. First of all, listed in the number one spot is not Jamie Lee Curtis. We'll get to her in a second. Ben Johnson as Carne. Well, yeah. And the reason why he's listed is because his first movie was in 1948, and it was Three Godfathers. He oh. was also in the original Mighty Joe Young oh, in right. the 50s. Remember the, yep, the yep, original yep. version of yep. it? Uh, he, he did a lot of westerns and stuff. Uh, Rio Grande, he was in Shane, yep. which is a huge western. Uh, and then he turned it around to do The Town That Dreaded Sundown. 
In the 1980s, not only did he do Terror Train, but he would go on to do Red Dawn, Radio Flyer, and in the 90s, we got to see him in Angels in the Outfield, and his final film was in 1996, a movie called The Evening Star. Unfortunately, Ben Johnson passed away of a heart attack on April 8th of 1996 at the age of 77. Yeah, that sucks. Hell of a career, though. Hell of a career. And uh, he was in a lot of Westerns. Like, I couldn't list his whole thing because, like, a lot of those Western guys were a ton of Westerns. Well, yeah, because it was easy to film. So back then, they just jumped in them all. So You know what? Our second billing, though, did go to the legendary Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Alana. Uh, Of course, her first movie, her first major motion picture, Halloween in 1978. She would come back subsequently to a bunch of the other movies. We're not going to go through her whole thing. I will say this, though. uh, She has been in a couple movies that we've reviewed recently, of course, on 3FN Rewind, most recently Trading Places. Also, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which could be the movie of the year. Hint, hint for 2022 when the nerdies come around. And uh, on the other end of that, though, most recently she was in Halloween Ends, which could actually be the worst movie of the year. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? So she could have been, you know, ironically enough, I kind of want to only make that happen in my voting just so it's like she was in the best movie and the worst movie of 2022. Uh, But yes, everybody knows Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't think we have to jump down too much. Oh, yeah. Hot dog fingers. Oh, yeah. Hot dog fingers. Uh, The next person has got to tie into a movie we've done recently as well. That would be Hart Bachner, who plays Doc. Uh, He was in Islands in the Stream in 1977. That was his first ever movie. You would then remember him from Supergirl. And most recently from the flagship 3FN podcast, right before Christmas, we reviewed Die Hard. He plays Ellis in Die Hard. That's right. Uh, He would also be in Mr. uh, Destiny. Sorry. And 40 Winks in 2022 was his last film that he had done but yeah Hart Bachner's been a lot of stuff he also was a movie director as well oh nice so like Hart Bachner's done quite a bit of work out there in the world as a matter of fact I think that you're a big fan of one of the movies that he would go on to direct uh it's a little movie called PCU oh, I love PCU yeah so Hart Bachner man like dude could dude does it all and if you look at his stuff a lot of TV and also uh you would also remember him he was the voice of Arthur Reeves in Batman Mask of the Phantasm yes so I, it's one of those situations where so many people, and we usually don't tell like all their stuff, but we tell some of their, you know, what they're behind because there's not too much. Also, uh, by the way, directed High School High. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> Remember with John uh, Lovitz? The, oh, it's basically yeah. the spoof of yeah, uh, yeah. Dangerous Minds. Yep, yep, yep. Basically. Yep, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it took me a minute. Sorry, so I forgot that he did that as well. So <clears throat> a lot of times we don't mention what they've done outside unless it's something that I'm like, oh, man, that's fucking great. Yeah. We just usually do their acting stuff. Uh, next up, we had Kenny Hampson himself, who played Derek McKinnon. He was in a movie Breaking All the Rules, his only other real major motion picture he did. He very short-lived. I don't know why. Yeah. And uh, the last person I'm going to put is like top build here would be David Copperfield, who plays the magician. How and, how on the nose is that? Well, you know, and he play, you know he's dressed like David Copperfield, so you're like it's just David Copperfield without being David Copperfield. He is but, just David Copperfield. But it, 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 it I mean, it works because he it, it was it was probably given to him to, to get his name out there too. Yeah, like. So then uh, Sandy Curry plays Mitchie in this movie. She didn't do, uh, like, this is the most known movie she's known for. Uh, Timothy Weber uh, plays the role of Mo. Uh, you would see him as the ape elder in uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. You might know him from that. Uh, probably, you know, actually extensively, you know, 
not really known. Uh, Anthony Sherwood plays the role of Jackson. You would see him as Mr. Daniels in Honey, as I think the most thing is. Also, he was on Airwolf as Jason yep. Locke. So I think those are the two things. If you go way back and you're super nerdy like us, you might know that. Uh, Howard Busgang plays Ed. Uh, his most notable thing is pretty much he was in an American in Canada which is a, a movie from, or well, TV series, sorry, from 2002 to 2004. I mean, outside of that, not too much in the realm. I think Terror Train would probably be his biggest role probably. as well. So it's 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 pretty much a lot of young, young up-and-coming actors. Some didn't really go too far, which is not a big deal. It, it happens, and some of them went a little farther than others in the cast. All right, Ron, this movie had a budget of $3.5 million dollars. I'm going to give you some clues because I think it's unfair that I just throw it out to you. The box office for this movie, I'm going to give you this clue. The two clues you'll get. The box office is under $10 million and it did make money. What do you think the box office was? $5 million. Close. $8 million. Oh, $8 million oh, for the box office of terror train so now it is time to dive into our review of terror train and this movie is a lot slower than i remember uh, it, it, it is very slow and i've seen this movie before obviously this is a movie that i've always been like oh this is, a, is you know it's one of those horror movies that i think a lot of people will tell you to see myself included and i just hadn't seen it in probably i want to say six or seven years and I'm like, wait a minute! I didn't remember this movie being so slow. Yeah, it's very, it's it's paced slow, which isn't so bad for it. But it does sit there. Like when when I was watching, it, I'm like, all right, you know, it starts off with the little prank in the beginning, which is a very fucked up prank, really. Dude, that's real yeah. fucked up. Like you understand why Kenny Hampson yeah. goes fucking nuts? Oh yeah, yeah, like in a heartbeat. Like he like the prank the prank is, you know, the 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 pledges have to wear a hat until they get laid. Yeah, it's a beanie. A, a beanie hat until they get laid. And the two that haven't gotten laid, one's the heavy set dude, you know, geeky looking, you know, you know he's never going to get laid. And then there's the other one that, get, that he goes in the mental institution. But he, like, they brought in a cadaver body that was broken up and, like, fell apart and had uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis there, like, say, come on in. It's my first time, too. Don't be nervous. And he gets naked and climbs in the bed and then realizes it's a dead body. Tells her to kiss her. Kiss her. And, it's oh. a, it's a, and the body falls back and the arms fall off. And like then he just starts screaming and twisting. Into the uh, fucking, like, like nash, mis- nash. it almost looks like a mosquito net Yeah. Curtains. Well, it's one of the, it's the 80s, so it's one of those cam- cabinetry beds. That yeah. Had the, the sheets on, you know, whatever. You know, like a girl's bed. And he just starts screaming and spinning around in it and all that stuff. And it's just like, that's, that's kind of fucked up. I also want to point out, this is like one of those old school horror movies that opens, like, I, I don't want to say abruptly, but like in the weird ways. Yeah. Like you're just like going around, like like the camera spans across, you get the title card, yeah. and like you get this camera spanning across, and it's just like this whole area of fucking like kids throwing a party. Yeah. And then you go to like the scene of the train getting coming out of the, uh, what do you call it, after the prank, you get the scene yeah. of the train coming out of the warehouse, if you will, yeah. or storage garage, yeah, whatever. whatever you want to call Wherever it. Wherever Thomas the Train is. Whatever you, yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to call it. Train station. station, I think. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I actually don't know. And I don't gonna... know what they call where the train sleeps at night. I don't know. <laughs> and, and I just said the train sleeps. It's not even a living thing, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean at home. You get the title card and the picture and the, the names and stuff there. And then we go, you know, they don't tell you. This is the stupidest fucking thing ever. This is one of the things that I did not like at all. And upon this watching is the first time I got bothered. They never tell you that you make the time jump. No, no, they don't. 
you just figure it out because they're you figure it out not even in the beginning when they first talk about their graduating you figure it out that they were freshmen from a conversation that happens about 20 or 30 minutes into the yes. movie and then you were like oh we, we pulled this prank on this kid when we're freshmen and then you know that they're graduating because they don't put it together so you're like oh that was three or four years ago yeah and you're just like what the fuck why yeah. wouldn't you just say three years later or yeah. four years later or whatever the fuck it is and you're just like that would help out a lot very much so. <laughs> that, that would help out a lot so this movie starts slow you get the prank so you get the backstory and then you get the you know ed in his groucho marks costume and he gets he's the first one killed yeah and the groucho marks costume gets stolen yeah. so every like photo that you get from this movie image is that Groucho Marx face mask. Yeah, face stuff, mask. You know? And, you know, and you think it's gonna, he's going to be in that the whole entire time. And he's not. He changes no. costumes quite a bit. Yeah. So, like I said, we're not going to go scene for scene because this movie just bogs down. Because after the Ed killing, it's it, there's a lot of just like you're finding out about like Alana's with Mo and they allegedly love each other, yeah. but Mo has no problem cheating on her. And there's this really understory uh, with the Doc character in Mo, yeah, because basically Doc's at one point in juncture tells Mo, "I, I don't want to share you. I just want to keep you to myself." And you're like, "Huh? Were, were they going to that level here in 1980?" And I'm and I'm fine with it because it wasn't done like in a cheesy, disrespectful no, no, way. No. But they but they never fully flush it out either. They no. never fully flush out of is, is Doc in love with Mo? I, I kind of want to know because there's things where it seems like he's trying to break them up. So. Doc can have Mo to himself. Yeah. And he kind of says as much during one of the scenes of the movie. Yeah. So I'm like, is Doc, you know, I mean, is Doc gay and he wants to be, and I'm I'm all for it, but I wish they would have flushed that shit out yeah. because that would have made it for a better movie in my opinion. Yeah. No, I'm with you all the way with that because it, it was weird that it was that way. But I mean, I think it was also, I mean, it might have been put in the movie for that aspect of it, of him being in love with him, but it, it, like, it's also uh, could have just been like, hey man, like we're bros, we've been bros. You know, like best friend kind of scenario. So, but I don't, I don't know for sure. But right. I, I like they don't flush it out enough to know. Here's the other thing. That's not the only part that they don't flush out. Now, at least with Doc and Mo and Alana, we get some story and Mitchie to an extent. Yeah. A lot of the other characters in this movie, we don't know who the fuck and why the fuck they are. Like Ed, he gets killed right away. But yeah. he, he, nobody, you don't care about Ed. No. Because you don't know Ed. Jackson, who is uh, you know one of the people in on this prank, yeah. literally dies second in this movie. He's in that lizard costume we talked about earlier, and like there's no he's got a couple lines of dialogue, yeah. but it's nothing to let you know that you should care about Jackson. No, you don't. You don't care about him at all. You don't care. He's just there. Yeah, and it's just like there's so many ca characters in this movie that you're just like they're just fucking there. As a matter of fact, what's just really weird is that as you go on. Uh, Greg Swanson plays the class president that they just call Prez all the time. Yeah. I know more about him, and he's a secondary character who doesn't get killed or anything and only really plays the role of like comforting uh, Alana and yeah. being just an overly nice guy, believe it or not. Yeah. And funny, too. But the funny part is we know and see more of him than we do of some of these main characters that we're supposed to give a damn about. Yeah. Like, I don't care about Mitchie. No. You know, and we what we get of Mo is he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, he's, he comes off as he's supposed to be that sweetheart guy. You know how in all the horror movies, the one girlfriend has the sweetheart boyfriend? He comes off as that at first, and he's just, then you're like, oh, he's just as much of an asshole as Doc. Yeah. And Doc's just a straight asshole. Yeah. 
Like, unapologetically, he's surviving the film. Yeah. He's surviving yeah. the film. If you ever played the Friday the 13th video game, he's Chad. <laughs> he's just going to leave everybody and fucking leave. You know, that is that is Doc 110 per, fucking percent. I just think that they, you know, in, in a slasher movie, in a horror movie, I think that if you're not attached to the victims, it takes away from the movie. And True. on this time watching it, I'm just like, why would I ever give a fuck about any of these people? And they don't die in such like... The, the weird part is Jackson literally, all we see of Jackson is he gets his head slammed into a mirror. Yeah. And when they come back, he's on the ground, there's some blood, and there's a bottle, like, not sticking into him. It just looks like he's drunk because they put, yeah. the guy put the bottle yeah. uh, next to the mouth of the, the costume. And I'm just like, if you're not going to care about him, at least give him a fucking crazy death yeah. so it makes a difference. Yeah. Not this weird fucking, like, off-screen shit. And, like, most of these kills are off-screen. Yeah, they're mostly off-screen. Like the switching of the costume, I mean that's that's all Jackson's there for is is for the transition of the switching of the costume, because the conductor who uh, comes in and is like, oh, this door's locked. Let me, you know, this bathroom's locked. Everybody's complaining about it. Let me open it up, and he finds the dead body, and it's all blood, and all the wind or the mirrors all cracked, and uh, all that stuff, and the body's on the ground, and he's like, oh, I gotta figure out what's going on. So he locks it back up. And he goes running around trying to figure it out, and then he comes back, and then the bathroom is all fixed. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all cleaned up. It's all fixed. Uh, the mirror's fixed. <laughs> like I don't. There's no blood. Like so, I don't know how that happened either. Like I understand it was supposed to be like, oh, he's he's not here now, so I must have been seeing things. But like, it doesn't make any sense on how everything got fixed. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the weirdest shit ever. And I mean. There's things that I do really like. I want to get into that. I do really like a lot of this movie, believe it or not. I just wanted to get it to like understand like there's a lot of this that's like, why? There's just a why question. And this is especially weird because in a world where Friday the 13th is a thing. Yeah. Friday the 13th comes out on May 9th, 1980. This comes out on October 3rd, 1980. So Friday the 13th is already out. And even further than that, two years prior to this is Halloween 1978. Yeah. So it's not like you can be like, oh, well, they don't, you know, the movies didn't show kills. Um, hmm? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's already happening. Tom Savini, the makeup of special effects artist for uh, Friday the 13th, is also the guy who did the George Romero films, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Yeah. And Dawn of the Dead is already out at this point in juncture. Yeah. And I know it's not as, uh, Dawn of the Dead is not like as realistic as what Savini would later do in Friday the 13th, and then of course subsequent films after, but we're only talking about up to this movie being made. Yeah. But still, you could have shown a little more. I mean, I, th I like the prosthetic works after the fact, but it's like everybody in this film pretty much gets a death off screen. Yeah, like, I mean... Like the first character, you know, he just gets rolled underneath the train, and you see. Well, he stabs him with a sword. Yeah. So we see the sword, but there's not like in him. Yeah. And then he pulls the sword out, steals his costume, and throws him under the train, and then the train rolls him over. But the, all we see is the train, train wheel crack the helmet. Yep, crack the helmet, and then go. Yeah. And then you're, you're on to another scene. Like, okay, so he, he's he's split in half, but nobody at the train station notices his body. Yeah. And we see <laughs> we see Jackson get his head slammed into the mirror. Yeah. And I think you see the mirror crack. That's it. Yeah. That's not enough to kill somebody. No. Uh, later on, when Mitchie meets her demise, she gets lured into one of the beds. Or well, actually, technically, she lowers the killer because she thinks that it's Jackson. Yeah. And he, we see her strangling her. Later on, we find out he, he, she gets her throat slit, so we don't yeah. even see that portion of it. Nope. It's just a wild, like, why wouldn't you show the kills on screen? It's it's happening in other movies, and I, I think that, that plays a part in why 
this movie comes across so weird. But fast forward through the movie, the one the let's get into some of the things I think they did very well. There was a good atmosphere in this film. Uh, the claustrophobic feel of a train is it was a really good scene for a horror film, dark and dingy. Uh, I did like that a lot, especially with the party atmosphere and the fact that the killer is changing costumes means you don't and and you don't know who the killer is. We all uh, assume it's Kenny Hampson. Yeah, uh, but then. They do the, the best thing that they do in this movie. And the only good part that David Copperfield has is that the whole movie long, the magician is the red herring. Yes. This entire movie. How did you feel about that? Because I thought that was an amazing piece of red herring. We're probably the best in any movie. No, I actually, because like I said, this is the first time I saw this. I really thought it was him all the way through. Right. Like I went, okay. You know, and then they lead you enough red herrings that it is him. And it, 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 it sells it. It sells it through the whole whole concept like they catch you with that and you ride that train no no pun intended the whole time the whole time time. and then finally you see him dead yeah but you don't see him dead until later on right before the killer does reveal themselves yeah and of course the killer doesn't reveal themselves to everybody it's revealed to alana who is our main uh protagonist in uh the one and only greatest of all time jamie lee curtis the scream queen yeah always so it's 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 such a great idea like this movie took the idea of the red herring and just ran with it. And yeah. it's one of the best ways the Red Herring's ever been done. Right up there. And you could say right up there with Black Christmas in 74. True. Uh, similar is yeah. how they had that. I think they did a very good job with it. So that is one of the parts that I really, really love about this movie. And let's skip ahead. Because like I said, there's not a lot to talk about in the scenes. The death, the kills. In the, you know, there's kills in this movie. But the kills aren't spectacular. There's the an, an element of who done it in Carney, the uh, uh, Ben Johnson character. Uh, he's he's the train conductor and he's trying to figure out the crimes on the train. You know, at one yeah. point in juncture, we find out that the brake man's been murdered. And like, you know, there's a whole bunch of things going on and you're just like, it's crazy. And there's this cat and mouse with the killer. So they do a good job of the atmosphere and the stalking. Although you don't feel anything for the stalking because you don't feel anything for no. the characters and victims. Yeah. Until we get to the final girl run with Jamie Lee Curtis. And... That's where we get to the part where I'm like, this is fucking payoff. First of all, we find out it is absolutely 125% Kenny Hampson. Yes. Kenny fucking Hampson. And they do the best fake ending here, too. Because at one point in the final run, Jamie Lee Curtis looks like she throws him off the train. Yeah. And then she goes and everything's calmed down. They put her in a car and she's going to sleep. And we see the killer's face coming across like the the outside of the train yeah like in a mass still yeah so then the killer gets back on board and she's running and they find that david copperfield is dead yep. not from being thrown off the train he is stabbed with some swords in yep. a corner and then it looks like the conductor or one of the people on the train grabs jamie lee curtis and sits her down to help her and she's all whatever and we then get the reveal because that person will not let jamie lee curtis go and she realizes oh fuck this is the killer And as the killer takes the hat off, it is revealed that the assistant to the magician, the entire film, is Kenny Hampson dressed as a woman. Yep. And you can't tell the difference. It was phenomenal. And so as he undoes it, he puts his hair down and pulls off the wig and, (laughs) and wipes the makeup from his face. Yep. You realize that this whole time we had seen this, you know, magician's aid. And that was the killer in yeah. drag. Oh, yeah. And I was like, 
how did you? This was your first time. Yeah. I definitely want to hear about it because I th- always thought that was a really cool reveal. How did you feel about it? It was a, it was actually really amazing how they did it. Like when you when you see it, they they jump back to show you the every like a couple of the interactions with the apprentice yeah. or assistant, and like you're looking at like really, and then you're like oh yeah, it kind of looks like a dude there, but you wouldn't notice because he's in you know a skin tight red sparkly dress. Wait, a good wig. Looks like a woman. Looks like a woman. Like it, but like, it's just it, it throws you. And you're like, oh shit, that's that works. Like it, it is a solid, solid point. Like it, it was a great red herring with the magician, and then it ends up being the uh, the assistant. Kenny fucking Hampson, yeah. man. Kenny fucking Hampson strikes. I like it. I I'm, I was a fan. I thought that that was one of the best parts. Although the dialogue right after is terrible, where uh, he wasn't a very good musician. <laughs> he never listened to what I try to tell him, <laughs> and like she's like trying to beg for her life in the nicest way, and then like for whatever reason he's like kiss me. <laughs> so she makes out with the killer, and then he starts fucking doing the this twirlies like you, in the prank. Went, went crazy, yeah. And then the conductor beats the fuck out of him with a goddamn this, shovel and knocks him off the train. And this time we see the body fall into like a ravine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hasta luego, Kenny yeah. Hampson. Yeah, you could bring him back. <laughs> hasta luego, Kenny Hampson. We never brought him back. Although, ironically enough, there was a remake to this film and then, recently. Yes. And I, it, I didn't watch it. And it's it's kind of like almost like a shot for shot, it looked like from what I saw. Like, I didn't watch the movie. I just saw like some stuff, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to sit through that. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and sit on a limb. Uh, was there anything else that you liked or disliked about the film before we continued on to the scoring portion of the uh, show? No, there's the one thing that I didn't like was the stupid plot armor, but it was there was the conductor saying, Oh, we really. With these with these drunk with these parties and drunken stuff, we need to make sure we have a radio put on this train in the beginning when the oh, Jesus. and he's just like, Well, you know, they're not gonna do that, blah, blah, blah. Well he goes, Well if these drunken college kids fall off the train, how am I supposed to get a hold of anybody? Like so it's just I mean, it's there to show why they can't radio it in. But, you know, it's just like uh, so bad. At the end of the day you're like they're yeah. just stretching here. Yeah. They're just absolutely stretching. There's there's some there's a lot of things in this movie where they're just stretching for. Yeah, it's just like okay, we just want to cover the fact the reason why the conductor can't call. <laughs> also, like when they stop the train. Yeah, why? Why, uh, uh, why they would don't you find st- anybody anyway? So it's weird. Yeah, like why would you stop the train in the middle of nowhere? In the middle of nowhere, so you have chance for the killer to have time to get off the train and disappear if he really wanted to. Like instead of just putting everybody into a single car. Right, and then after they stop the train, or sorry, after they start the train back up, is when somebody figures out, oh, it might be the magician played by David Copperfield. So then they start like smuggling, including the killer. That was one of the funnier scenes. They get the assistant out of the car where the magician Mm -hmm. is by being like lying to her at first, and then telling her, mind you, that's the fucking killer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you know, and he's dead already at this point. Yeah, believe it or not. So it's because you don't find that out at first because they're calling for him. He's not coming out. So they're like, I don't know where he is. Yeah. Well, he's dead. He did. He done dead. dead. He done there dead. He did because uh, the assistant killed his ass right before you took her out of there and she could continue the killing spree or he yeah. uh, because she, she was in drag. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's there's a lot of plot armor in this movie. Like I said, there's a lot of bog down. I, I, I didn't remember this movie being so bogged down. Well. Before we give our scores, you know, we like to take a little lap around the internet and find out what other people gave this a score of, but we like to do it in a fun way because it's time. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. 
That is right. I'm going to have Ron guess the numbers that were around the internet for scores for this movie. If he comes with five points above or below, he will get the point. He gets three right, he wins. If not, the house wins. And trust me, the house is a motherfucker to beat, isn't it, Ron? <laughs> I, I should just start cheating. Uh, well, you know what? If you did it days before, I might not even know. <laughs> All right. So let's start off. IMDb, out of 10 using points, what did they give Terror Train? 6.2. 6.2. Guess what, Ron? You get the point, 5.8. So Ooh. just inside the, the, the giving. All right, Metacritic, out of 100%, what did they give Terror Train? Uh, uh, I should start giving you clues. <laughs> I'm going to say this. It is below 75%. Yeah, I was, I was going to say like 52. Good guess, but... It was 42%. Yeah. So very close. I'm going to start giving you some clues on these. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score only. I will say this. It is closer to the Metacritic score than anything else. 38. You're going with 38? 44%. Just off. Just off. Uh, The Rotten Tomatoes fan score, I can tell you it did not do well. I'm going to say it's either slightly higher or lower than the critic scores. 38. You guessed 38. Guess what, Ron? You're still alive. It was 37%. <laughs> now, this one is it's Google users. Oh, I'm Jesus going Christ. to just be honest with you. It's Google users, so it is substantially larger than the critic and the, the fan score. You're guessing 75 without even hesitation. Ron, you were so close. 82 percent 80 80%, 80%. 80% on google oh, users google users the google, are horrible the google users i'm just going to pull diesel and just start saying 80 for google users dude google I, it might not be a bad idea that's why i, I love how I, my clue it's substantially higher <laughs> it's, it's double in, in in both of the aspects well that's going to bring us to finally our scores yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man all right, we're going to give the nerd score, of course. The nerd score is a recommendation score that we base off of our critic score missed with an entertainment store. So that means even if it is not a critically good movie, but it was super entertaining, it may get a higher score. However, the opposite is true, too. It could be a critically good movie that was not entertaining, and so it knocks the score down just slightly. And it has happened in the past. We had our first instance of that most recently. Well, let's dive right in and talk about uh, the nerd scale. A one is no. That means do not watch this movie. It is terrible. A two is you have been warned, which means, yeah, it ain't good, but it ain't terrible. But you still shouldn't watch it. You've been warned. A three is, huh, it's good. That means it's an average to good film. It's not groundbreaking. It's not something you need to rush out and see. But if you do go out and see it, you will not be disappointed, uh, it, but it's not going to be memorable or essential. A four is just take my money. And when you give the just take my money out there, that literally means that you can go buy this on, on DVD. It's a very good to great movie. You can go get the Blu-ray, get the collector's edition. If it's in the theaters, go watch the theater. Spending money on it, it's going to be an essential film that you come back to time and time again. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air that is certified nerd at the five spot. These are the legendary films. These are the greatest. These are the top films of all time. These are movies like Jurassic Park, Jaws, and so many others that we've listed over the years. These are the instant classics that you definitely, definitely, definitely want to own have watch all that happy jazz with that being said ron are you ready to give your nerd score for terror train yes sir and uh go ahead give us your score and why i you know for being the first time viewing it um 
I'm, I'm going to give it a four. I, I think it is actually a good enough with the red herring tease and how well that's done. If you want to watch a movie and see how to put push the red herring, I think this is one of those central movies that you need to see. Uh, it, it bogs down at some points, but it is only an hour and a half. So you're in and out. Like even when it bogs down, it doesn't slow down that much. Because you you got no time. It's just the time jump in the beginning was horrible. The plot armor about why they're, uh, can't, the conductor can't call is horrible. Um, the, the red herring, or the kills being mostly off screen, yeah, it wasn't great. But 80s, we'll just flow with it. The, red, the, the push or the red herring of the magician being the killer and the reveal, I think, pushed this enough above a three to make it to a four. And if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, like I said, we haven't watched the remake. I wouldn't bother with it. But uh, watch this if you're a horror. And you could, once again, this is one of those horror movies that if your kid's mature enough, you could, if you're trying to see if they want to get in the horror, you could probably let them see this one because the kills are mostly off screen. They're not over the top. So mm. I, I respect that. I respect that. So Ron gave it the four. So show me the money! There it is. Me? You know what, Ron? I'm actually agreeing with you. I'm also giving it a four. Show me the money! That is right. We're going to give it a four as well. Uh, for most of the reasons you said, this is, should be an essential film. This is a film that takes you back to the, the classic era. Is there bogged down? Is there bad stuff to it? Yes. Uh, when I get to my critic score, you'll see that I've actually... The, the importance of this movie outweighs the critical portion of this movie. And the the reveal is one of the greatest reveals of all time. I really do really enjoy it. I thought that that was a very clever way to have the killer in your face, literally the whole movie, yeah. and not know. I, it, it's just a really, really, really awesome piece of business there, and the story does work very well. With that being said, my critic score for this movie is a 6.5 out of 10. I gave the movie a 6.5 out of 10. I, I just... There's a lot to narrow it down, and usually that would be too low to get you the four, but that's the importance of the finish of this movie and the actual atmosphere and stuff it does play a bigger role in it than the critical stuff because critically, you got to knock it down for it, bogging down the plot armor that's just atrocious at times, the fact that you do not care about any of the victims in this movie. And the only time that I will defend not caring about victims is if you go over the top with the kills. True. We talked about this when we talked about Terrifier 2. You know, there's not a lot of the characters that you care about except for the two main characters. It, so it's like, but the over the top kills like makes up for it because I don't care. I don't need to care about somebody if I'm seeing somebody flayed. Yeah. You know, but if I'm like, yeah. if I'm like watching and there's no payoff, you're just like, well, why did I care that that person died? Like, I don't give a fuck about Jackson. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck about Ed. I mean, he made a couple funny jokes. Ooh. Yeah. He's dead. dead. He's fucking dead. He did. He did. He you know, Mo and Doc were fucking just self-absorbed pricks. So you don't pretty really much. care when they die. As a matter of fact, they're the kind of people in a horror movie you're rooting for to die. Yeah. And then Alana, in a lot of ways, this is one of those roles where Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't come across as so sympathetic. No. She, I mean, yeah, she feels bad about the prank, but she still went through with it. Yeah, so no. she's still as guilty as everybody else. Yeah, it is what it is. Even though she's like, I didn't know it was going to be like that, blah, blah, whatever. That's like cheering for the bullies and fucking Carrie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so that's, I think that's is where she's not as sympathetic. I mean, she's still in the good girl, uh, original Laurie Strode form. This yeah. is before she went on, as we said, in Training Places to be like, whew. Sexy sexy sexy, 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 sexy. She still looked like the girl next door, if you will, the good girl that gets all the good grades. Yeah. And so they were playing upon that Halloween 78 Laurie Strode vibe of Jamie Lee Curtis. However, the story kind of takes away from that vibe because you're like, well, she's she's guilty. Yeah. She's guilty of fucking with this person's life and sending them to a sanitarium. So yeah. like, eh, I don't know if we can really... 
you know, yeah. root for her. You, if you, you can't, you can't. She's part. Of, she's part of it. Unfortunately, back then, you know, she was, you know, part of the the big crowd of the fraternity and sororities, and they played played a prank on the lesser ones, and it, it backfired. Oh, absolutely. I, I and I just I think that once again, not being mad about it, but uh, if you go and take it into account of everything that happened, you can't be like, oh, she was innocent. Yeah, very much not so. So that is the review of Terror Train. If you want to send us your opinions about Terror Train, tell us we're right, wrong, didn't different, point some things out that maybe you didn't agree with or that you do agree with or however you would like to do it, hit us up on the social medias. If you would like to find out where those uh, what the social media accounts are, it's simple. Go to 3fnpodcast.com. There you will find the social media links. You will find the Patreon link, the Public link, links to friends of the show like the ODPH podcast. You'll also find the musical directory f- uh, featuring Obscure Form, who does the theme music for this show. Also, the local sponsors like Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Visit them at scifihorrorfest.com, who's bringing these shows to you commercial-free each and every week. Your one-stop shop, 3FNpodcast.com. Well, Ron, we have come to the end of the review of Terror Train. We have come to the end of the 3FN Horror Show, and this is the last episode of any 3FN product what? in the year 2022. What? No! Would you like to say anything to the listeners to send out 2022? Yeah, thanks for listening. You know, hope to keep you going for the next year. Uh, we enjoy, you know, doing what we do. So thank you very much. I agree. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, please be safe out there if you're celebrating New Year's. And also, while you're at it, you know, make sure, you know, you're just out there and being safe all the time. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And be careful of things that go bumping at night. And also... If you ever find yourself in a situation where you pull a mean, malicious prank on a poor, you know, helpless soul, and then you find yourself stuck on a train where the costume killer, you might just deserve it. Later, nerds.